Right. Exactly. And that's what happens is when you're working with a, a tax accountant or an accountant and you're bringing them their stuff at the end of the year to have your tax return completed. Well, that is information that would have been valuable, like more valuable to you earlier rather than later. So what I teach is, you know, you're going to, first of all, understand your financial reports so that when you run them on a minimum of a monthly basis, you will understand the feedback that it's giving you and it's in a timely manner. So if you've got those invoices that are increasing and you don't know about it till the end of the year, then that's a huge money leak. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Melissa Houston here with me today. She is a chartered professional accountant. What does that mean for short? She is a CPA, which means she deals with mostly taxes and things. And with being that, she is also a business finance coach, a regular contributor to Forbes.com, and the host of the Think Like a CFO podcast. Uh, Melissa's passion is to help entrepreneurs understand the importance of knowing their business numbers and helps them set up a system using her signature CFO money method framework. Melissa shares with you how you can improve your profits by looking inside of your business and understanding how your business decisions are affecting your bottom line, which I am a massive proponent of because all I ever hear is scale, scale, scale. And I've done that once in my life. And it was a recipe for disaster. So I am super excited about looking on the internal side of your business with you. But with that, uh, welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super <laughs> excited about this. And I love to talk about how, um, you know, it's not your sales that define your success in your business. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I, it's, I don't know if it's because of the age of the Instagram that it looks like it's supposed to be, you know, just you're printing money everywhere and you've got stacks of cash and rented Lambos and all that fun stuff. But, you know, um, for the, for the majority of entrepreneurs, uh, knowing the internal sides of the numbers seems like it's just something we don't talk about enough. So I'm excited to have you talking about that. Yeah. And I really love to talk about it because it really brings attention onto it. Cause I mean, just as you mentioned, you know, in the online space, I've really noticed that the influencers and the entrepreneurs that are, you know, making it big time, they're talking about their big launches and they're talking about their seven figure launches and this and that. And I hear this and right from the beginning, I was like, mm, no, that doesn't fly with me. Like, you know, it's, it's not about your sales that makes your business successful. I want to know if you want to impress me, I want to know how much money you made off that launch. If you made seven figure sales levels, that's great. I'm not saying that that's not impressive, but if you blew 7.5 million in trying to get those seven figure sales, 
then you've got a problem. And quite often I find entrepreneurs um, are not looking at their numbers. They're not looking at what's going on really. You know, um, it, it's funny because I've been on both sides of it. Uh, as a young entrepreneur, I was only concerned about what our revenues were and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's what the money I was making. Um, but now, uh, <laughs> been through the ringer a few times and, uh, and, and been in a lot of businesses that were actually really successful. And I, I kind of feel like what I'm watching a lot of times with the online launches is almost like the, uh, it's like the person they roll out of the casino that like hit the $30,000 jackpot, <laughs> you know, they're not talking about the 5,000 other people and they're plugging coins in. Right. It's like, yeah. this, you know, and it's like, well, I know the secret to the slot machines buy my course on slot machines, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And do you know what the number one reason why businesses fail? Cash. Yeah. Financial mismanagement. Absolutely. Debt, cash, all the fun things that, uh, that dry up when we're, well, the other thing that really kind of scares me, and I would like your opinion on this. Like we've pretty much been in like a 12 or 13 year bull market, uh, without a major recession. Now I know the COVID stuff has happened, but it, it's, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm curious, like if, if that's been considered, you know, the recession that was going to reset things for you or not, like how are your businesses that you see? Um, I think it depends on the niche of your business, right? So like definitely for restaurants and brick and mortar businesses, they're definitely suffering, but for um, a lot of service-based business businesses and a lot of online space businesses, they're doing really, really well because you know, that's where people are shopping right now. They're looking online for things. So if you're a product-based business and you didn't have the online environment set up before this, this big COVID hit, then if you manage to pivot, chances are you're doing okay. But if you didn't pivot quickly, then, you know, you're running into some financial difficulties for sure. You know, it's actually funny. I was just watching, I was watching the CNBC this morning and Uber just bought this company called Drizzly, right? And I'm like, for 1.1 billion, I'm like, what do they do? And they're like, they deliver alcohol like Uber does, but it's for delivering alcohol. And I'm like, the luckiest app idea ever just happened. There's this sold for 1.1 yeah. billion. Like, I'm like, why didn't Uber just do this themselves? But like, because they missed the the year, the, the guy was like, yeah, we're up 3000%. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh man, that's, I was like, what timing on that guy's part, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so walk me through this. So talk to me about what your, uh, what CFO money method framework means to you. Okay. So that is my signature program. So when I, um, speak with clients, uh, and I start working with them, whether it's one-on-one or in my group programs, this is the program that takes the overwhelm out of learning how to manage your finances properly. So I'm not teaching you how to be a bookkeeper and I'm not teaching you how to be a tax accountant, but you are the CEO of your business and every CEO has a CFO to advise them. But the reality of it is, is for most most of us, um, we're not at that point where we can hire a CFO. And I don't highly recommend depending on anybody for any business financial advice, right? Like I believe, and I strongly promote that as the CEO of your business, you need to understand what's going on in there. And, you know, having a virtual CFO, a tax account, whatever, they're great 
to advise you. But as a CEO, ultimately, you are responsible for making your own financial decisions. So I encourage entrepreneurs to get to know their numbers. And this program takes them through the four-step framework that I've outlined to give them the basic foundation to understand their finances and understand what it is that they need to get a hold of within a business so that they can understand, first of all, if they're profitable, secondly, where their strengths are, their weaknesses, anything that they can improve on. And I just really want them to know their numbers so that when they're making decisions, they understand how the decisions are going to affect their bottom line. You know, that was the big lesson for me. Um, I was kind of a drop off my financials at the end of the year in a box of, you know, statements and stuff at the CPA and just said, let me know. Right. Um, yeah. and I didn't, and I managed out of the bank account and I never, um, I never understood why I needed to know the numbers, but it's, it, it, it is a scoreboard. But for me, what I learned later, as we got pretty big and into detailed financials, it, that was the, if I watched them weekly, they were indicators of where I had problems. You know, so it wasn't necessarily yeah. like that there was, you know, like, oh, we didn't make money this month. It was like, well, wait a minute. Why did this bill go up triple? And then now I know to go talk to that person or to dig deeper into that service and figure out like, you know, what, what it just, it was, it was more of like a, like you said, it was, it's more of like a, a decision-based financials because I still hate accounting, like physically doing it. Yeah, but I know the importance of it. So I know how to read a financial sheet, you know, and I'm wondering, is that um, when you're when you're, you know, describing like you, if you're the CEO, and I know most small businesses have no CFO by any means, sometimes you got a bookkeeper, but they're really kind of not advising a lot of times, they're just kind of reporting. Right. Exactly. And that's what happens is when you're working with a, a tax accountant or an accountant, and you're bringing them their stuff at the end of the year, to have your tax return completed, well, that is information that would have been valuable, like more valuable to you earlier rather than later. So what I teach is, you know, you're going to, first of all, understand your financial reports so that when you run them on a minimum of a monthly basis, you will understand the feedback that it's giving you and it's in a timely manner. So if you've got those invoices that are increasing and you don't know about it till the end of the year, then that's a huge money leak. So it allows you the opportunity to know what's going on in your business and dealing with it right away and saving yourself ultimately, you know, potentially thousands of dollars, depending on the situation and dealing with that money leak before it becomes a huge issue. And then also what happens is I teach people how to make an operating budget. So it sounds really, you know, kind of like, oh, budgets aren't fun and stuff, but this is awesome because when you've got an operating budget, this is outlining all your goals for the year. Like if you've got a revenue goal that you want to maintain, you know, you, you outline how much you're going to have to sell each month in order to attain that goal. And then you're going to outline the costs that support um, your revenue goals because it costs money to make money. So, and then that allows you to understand if you are, um, spending more money than you're actually making. So then, and it allows you to plan out how to pay yourself too, because quite often entrepreneurs are just, you know, keeping the money that's whatever's in the bank and they're paying themselves with that, not having a real concept as to how to make this situation better. And then I also teach, um, you know, monitoring this on a monthly minimum monthly basis so you've got your budget lined up and then you take your your actuals and you're seeing 
how you performed that month compared to what you had planned for. So if you're falling short or if your expenses are going over or whatever, you have time to course correct before it becomes an issue. You know, like it, it's just being proactive. And then the final step I teach is how to manage your cash within your business. Because as we all know, if your cash supply dries up, then you've got serious problems. Yeah, you know, it's kind of thinking of something funny when you were talking about that. It's almost like uh, it's almost like playing an entire football season and then getting all the scores after the games. Like, exactly. <laughs> like after the season, I'm not a football like, fan, but I'll go with that. Well, basketball or hockey, whatever you want to call it. But it's like it's like playing a full season and then being like, how do we do? You know, like if yes, you don't, yes. if you're not managing, you know, the game inside the game. Like if you didn't have a plan before you went into the game, you're you're a lot less likely to win the game in the first place and if you don't keep track of the score as you're going you don't need to make, you know how to make adjustments right exactly. and so i love sports analogies I grew up, i'm a big sports fan and i grew up in sports and things and so like i i would just as you were talking about that i was like yeah it's like playing like a whole season you know the whole year 2020 went through and then like give your stuff to the accountant get it back in may and file an extension and file it in august and it's like okay how'd we do let's look at the numbers yeah and it's like and it's well, the whole season's gone by then yeah, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> um yeah. And so as people, when, when you're coming in and uh, people are coming to you in the, in the coaching uh, realm, you know, and they're coming to you, like you say, you do group coaching and one-on-one, uh, where do you start with them? Like, how do you get the buy-in? Are they already, are they to you once like they're, they feel they're already in trouble most of the time or like, are you convincing them that this is the way like, or quite often I find that my clients are coming to me because they're in trouble. And yeah. it's like, this isn't working. I, you know, saw you wherever I need your help kind of thing. And the, the common theme I see with clients is they feel like they should have known better. You know, it's I guilt, hear, right? it's guilt, it's shame. It's feeling like they're stupid, which is so not the case. And they're but not as good as an entrepreneur as all these other people. And I, yeah, all yeah, the entrepreneurs right? that are talking about their seven figure yeah. launches and not realizing <laughs> that they're flat broke. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I, I, I said, this would be a, like an amazing experiment. It was like, if you could get a truth serum um, and then, you know, you go to one of those like chamber of commerce events where everybody's got their business cards and like yeah. every entrepreneur, every entrepreneur you meet, you ask them how business is. And it's like, oh, it's great. You know? And it's like, but if you could just get them in the room and just get them all to tell the truth, like where the struggles are and the cash flow issues and the yeah. payroll not being there, not knowing where their money went at the end of the month or you know, not watching their numbers, like you would see probably the majority of them would be on that bucket, not the business's great bucket. Yeah. And if you right? bring it up in a room, it would be so quiet. A pin, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's raising their hand to be yeah. like, Hey, I don't, I don't really manage my cash flow very well. And I'm not yeah. really sure how I'm going to make enough money to get through the month. And you know, yeah. like that would you would, I, I really truly believe you would hear that quite a bit more yeah you know, like you would hear the struggles quite a bit more if people were being more honest about it yeah yeah and the, and the reality of it is they've got excellent businesses they've got big ideas and they can totally work and i've seen the biggest ideas in big businesses if you're not managing your finances everything's going to come crashing down you know seven figure multiple seven figure businesses they eventually go bankrupt if they're not managing their finances yeah, I was in the bucket. I mean, it was me. <laughs> I lived it, you know, and, uh, and I did all that stuff came around. I was like, man, I can't believe I didn't take action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I knew, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, but- it's almost like the, it's like one of those things like, oh, I need to do that. You know, and it's like, oh, I need to do that instead of just like, no, no, time to sit down and do it, you know? Well, and that's another typical problem is that entrepreneurs are so busy doing, you know, all the things that we need to do. And we're told like, focus on sales, focus on sales. If you're short on cash, bring the sales in. And that's just not a viable option. But for a lot of entrepreneurs, they're so busy doing other things that learning this, it feels like it's overwhelming and it feels like it's going to be a huge investment in time, but it really isn't. Like I take my clients and I take them on for eight weeks, one-on-one and 95% of my clients say it's going to take me longer. I'm going to need more than eight weeks because it's one hour a week for eight weeks we meet. And 99% of my clients get it done within eight weeks. And the only exception I've had is this one woman who had a previous bookkeeper and her books were an absolute disaster. And that's the only reason why it took an extra session was because we had to figure out what was going on there. So it is totally doable, but people need to understand that they have to invest the time to do it. And it's not that time consuming. You don't need to learn how to be a CPA. You just need to learn what you need to know to make a business successful. Yeah, that's, um, you know, like I said earlier, like I really didn't, I had an entire accounting department, I was head of it, but I don't like doing accounting. But I knew once I saw the the peril that comes if you don't know your numbers at all. And like I said, it's more about getting red flags in my mind um, to say, hey, wait a minute, this is this, this, you know, why are we paying $2,000 a month for this advertising? Like, what are we yeah. specifically getting out of this? Yeah, it was like, can we go get it for you know, 1500 bucks or $1,200 or $800. Have we asked the vendor to give us better pricing in three years? Have we, because I don't feel like, I, I feel like most entrepreneurs fear the tidal wave, but I feel like most entrepreneurs sink from leaks. Yeah. Right. So like I feel, I feel, that. I feel like, I feel like we're all like, Oh my, what if the economy crashes? Right. Like that's like, I feel like as an entrepreneur, like that's the scary thing. Like if, the economy crashes. Well, like you can't control that, but like if your phone bill is $1,200 and you could negotiate it to 600 bucks, you have $7,000 a year in your, in your bank account that you didn't have. Yes. You know, like, I, I feel like those leaks are the ones that like, and we, we go with the status quo and we don't question it. And if you don't look at your numbers, it's really not top of mind. And, you know, going back to something that you said earlier, which I found really interesting is, you know, that lifestyle entrepreneur, like these visions that we see. So quite often entrepreneurs are like, well, I have to have that lifestyle. So people will believe that I'm successful. So, (laughs) you know, you go out and it's like a lifestyle inflation type thing and they go out and they, you know, invest, or I should not use that word invest. They purchase things that will, you know, have the look for them. Liabilities. Yeah, liabilities, exactly. And, you know, they just don't have the revenue coming in to back that up. I would say liabilities and payment buyers are are pretty, you know, that's, that's the thing that like, you know, is also one of those kind of daggers, those little death by a thousand cut type deals, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so how, when you, cause I know there's obviously gotta be um, some pushback from people when you have, like, are, is that another, I, I would imagine that's another hangup when they come to you is like, they know it's not going well or it's not going right, or they're not, you know, holding back. Uh, but they also probably know there's going to have to be some lifestyle changes and they're not, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hold back because now they're in the hole and they're probably going to get some tough love, I would imagine. 
<laughs> some yeah, situations. For sure. there's, <laughs> there's definitely some tough love there and there's definitely some, you know, pullback that they have to do before they can start, you know, spending again type thing. But for the most part, I find people are so interested in learning where they're at at that point because they're coming to me at a desperation. They're like, yeah. I know this isn't working. So, and once they start seeing, you know, their money planned out in a budget and seeing how they can monitor stuff, I find that they're a lot more cautious about spending their money because they're realizing the impact that it's having. And when they realize they don't have the cash to sustain that lifestyle, they start pulling back because they realize they could lose everything. The small changes are a lot more fun to make when you can make them because when the big changes are forced upon you, it is no bueno. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you don't want to come to someone like me when it's too late. Yeah. You yeah. want to come when you're like, okay, I need to know my numbers. I need to start managing my business better. Why do you think that... Um, why do you think that we don't talk about that more? And the fact that, you know, when I, when I, when I crashed and burned, I found that like, you know, I was in such a hole that it honestly just, I gave up caring about what people thought, you know? And I was just like, dude, you, you don't even know, like, look how bad this is. And I, what I found was that like other people were like, they were almost relieved to talk to me about what I was doing to try to get out of it. And I, and I imagine like some of that's got to come through when you're talking to business owners and they're like, okay, I know, I know the, the, I, I know I have to make changes, but like just having someone stand next to them and go, yeah, you're not, you're not a bad entrepreneur. You're, you're actually a really good entrepreneur. You just don't know how to run a business. Exactly. And right? that's what I really try to tell people <laughs> is that, you know, and as I mentioned earlier, you can have the biggest and best idea, but you know, the reality is we didn't go to school to be entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? That's kind of what I was saying. Like you're not, you, why would you be expected to know how to run a business? Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the fallacy that holds a lot of small business owners uh, uh, back is that, you know, like I, I don't know how to play cricket. So like, I, why would I be expected to go out and play cricket and, and not know how to play the game? Right. Like I don't know exactly. how to code websites, but I don't understand why I would be expected to know how to code websites. Like I have no qualms about saying, Hey man, uh, you know, I know how to use like basic stuff, but like, I don't know how to do custom coding. Like I'm not ashamed yeah. of that at all, but as yeah. a business owner, a lot of times, like, man, I don't know how to budget and do it correctly or watch my financials or, you know, manage my cash or do those things. Like, I don't understand why that stigma comes through. Yeah. And I'm really, you know, when, when you're a new entrepreneur, you're told like, okay, get your marketing in order, get your sales in, you know, do the, the branding, the this, the that. And it's like the money management section is the, the lackluster of the group. It's the least sexy. They don't want to deal with it. And nobody's talking about how important it is and how, you know, really it should be right up there with sales because once you start getting sales in, yeah. you need to manage that money. So what I'm trying to do is change the conversation with entrepreneurs and say like, Hey, wait a minute, you know, like you need to, to focus on this at the beginning, yeah. not when it's too late. Yeah. I think it's no, that's not fun. <laughs> you know? No, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not the fun part, but they don't understand that the fun actually comes from doing that because then you don't have the frustration part. Like the, 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 the part after you've messed it up is way worse than if you did spend some time planning to the head of the time. Right? But you know, it, it, it's funny too, when you say it's not fun, but my clients, once they start budgeting and seeing the actual money that they're making, yeah. they 
most of them turn around and say, you know what, this is fun. I understand why you're saying it's fun because this is my money. Yeah. Like, that's fun. Like yeah, I, got, I got a pathway and I can sleep at night and I can yeah. do all these like fun things. Like I can see what I could do with my money. Like, oh, okay. You know, cause like you said, like when I, when I talk to entrepreneurs most of the time and they're starting out and those kind of things, like they go into it to do something, right. They're going to solve a problem or do a skill set that they really have gravitated towards and learned about and do these things. And so they, they do, they, they gravitate towards the marketing and the sales part of it because it's like, that's like, we're, Oh, I got to get revenues and all the stuff in, but like they don't have a plan. And so they spin in circles a lot of times. And then when the time, when you realize like, man, it doesn't matter if you're running in a circle, you're going to have to keep running faster and faster to keep the thing alive if you don't figure it out because that's what, and then you just get tired and burnt out and you hire people to fix it for you. Not like your, your style, but I mean, like I need an employee to do this and I need an employee to yeah. do that because I think they can either burning out and they're just offloading things yeah, and still making no plan. Now they've got three of them running in a circle and you have to run even faster, right? Exactly. It's just not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like that analogy of the leaky bucket, right? And if you just keep poking holes in that bucket no matter how much water you're putting in it's all coming right out <laughs> you know it's uh i so one of the things i guess and this probably comes from my entrepreneurial spirit um is that when i when i see very obvious problems and i see things that you know we can all kind of agree or complain about or whatever else which is like we don't teach these things <laughs> you know like why aren't we teaching entrepreneurship and business management i guess would be even better like an entrepreneurial business management so how do we for the people that want to run towards the solution right what where would they begin like what, what how would you if you're you're you know you're you're queen for the day and you get to wave the magic wand, like what would be your <laughs> solutions? <laughs> Put it in schools. Yeah. You know, right from the beginning, like in, and you know, parents educating their kids about money, like it start, it stems with personal finance and, you know, yeah. as kids grow and mature, you know, you can extend it out to managing business finances and stuff. But essentially when you hit that personal finance management, like it's like a business, you're managing your own money, right? And it's essentially the same idea. Don't spend more than you make, plain and simple. And the earlier the kids know this, the better. So I really, if I was queen for the day, I'd put that info in schools, in the curriculum early as possible. I, I think with the, what do we want to call it? The placement of responsibility has left the business world and the corporate world in droves. So, you know, we're more and more responsible for our own healthcare. We're more and more responsible for our own hours. We have more and more solo entrepreneurs and gig workers and small business ownership. I think it's gotten just exponentially more important. And I think it's outpaced curriculum, but it's such a needed topic right now because I believe that it's, it's not there. I don't believe that workers are going to get more benefits. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to get less responsibility for the retirement. Right. Like yeah. pensions are not coming back. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and those kinds of things. And it's like, so I, I think that the importance of this subject has gone up exponentially uh, in the last, you know, 20 to 30 years through this information age, but even more in the last 10 with the internet making kind of a leveling playing field where you can learn anything you want. But now, 
you're almost you're expected to learn and know a lot more than you know as as the as the world is evolving to that i wonder about your thoughts on that yeah but i mean you may you may be expected to know it but how do you know where to find it and how do you know how to implement that information that's out there and that's part of the overwhelm and confusion for people is like you've got all this information coming at you but what do you do with it so you know um i really feel that the conversations need to start happening around it it's not just it's not for lack of information there it's it's the lack of education absorbing that information talking about it like if you're talking about it in schools if you're talking about it at home with your parents if you're talking about it with your entrepreneurial friends like it just needs to be part of the conversation of everyday life for people to really start grasping the importance of it and how to do it you know it's uh I always say like turning a curriculum is like moving a glacier, but it can, for the people that want and recognize that there's opportunity, because if your kids are learning these things, they've got a better opportunity than the kids that are not learning these things. So as the parents listen yes. to this, right, as the parents yes. listen to this and they say, Hey, uh, well, I don't know how to do business management. What better opportunity for you to build relationships with your kids sitting next to them and learn about business management together because together. now they're going to be operating with a whole lot better information than their counterparts and their competition. Absolutely. That's actually brilliant. You know, doing it together. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't believe you need to be a finance wizard to talk about personal finance. You need to, and I joke about this, but like, if you know how to open up a checking account and your kid doesn't, you're a financial wizard right? You're, yeah. you're, you're a one yeah. step ahead. You're in a realm they don't understand. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think we need to give ourselves a little more credit to that. And then I think that like learning along the way and having those conversations is honestly what our kids would want in the, in the first place. Yeah. You I know? know with my kids, I always talk and it's been like that since they were really young. I mean, they're teenagers now and 17 and 18. So, you know, they're kind of, you know, <laughs> mom's nothing but <laughs> yeah they're numb they're numb to it right <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean they definitely have the foundation you know like my 18 year old he's he knows what com- compound interest is he knows that he's got to get his money working for him uh, my daughter's 17 she knows all this stuff but she chooses to ignore it right now and, and i would prefer her to make those mistakes when she's younger rather than when yes. she's older you know so i have to give her the freedom to make those mistakes yeah but i mean you know, it's not for a lack of like, we don't talk about it in the house because we absolutely do. And we talk about not only money, but when they're talking about right now, they're at the stage where they're picking their, their majors for college. And, you know, they also have to understand, like, if they want to maintain a, a specific lifestyle, like a, an achievement, they have to understand the salaries that come with the, the jobs that they're, they're choosing, like the careers that they're choosing. And stuff. That's a great so, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, right so to say hey it's, it's not just what i want to do but also these are the, the ramifications of the things that you choose that you want to do right and then backing out of it like what do you want out of life well that's what these kind of careers pay do any of these attract you you know and like instead of you know I'm, i just laugh because as kids like the only question you always get is like what do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> you know yeah. and, I, and i look back at that and i'm like i didn't know there was like 100 million different kinds of jobs i thought there was like 10 like i had no i was just dumb you know like i had no idea like <laughs> and then I, and what was funny though is my parents talked to me about being an entrepreneur and then my mom uh built a 
pretty good sized company and my dad had, I guess today you would, I didn't realize it, but I get today you would see it as side hustles, right? Okay. So like I was, he was always constantly yeah. taking me to go do different moneymaker projects and stuff, you know, with him. And uh, my mom built a company. And so like, I didn't think twice about owning a company one day. I just assumed that's, I could just do that. Right. And that's awesome. See, and I find most entrepreneurs have that background, which I really envy because I never had it. Well, but we didn't talk about money though. Okay. Right. We so did. my household, we never, <laughs> yeah, but we never talked about budgeting or money or anything like that. So as yeah. I was telling you, like I, I, I'm, I blew up with these companies like out of the gate and I was like, I'm so good at business. And then when the music stopped and the recession came, like it all blew up. Cause I was yeah. on a paper, I was a paper tiger. Right. I had no idea. It was, I was the guy like I would have been calling you and it'd been way too late. Right. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, I, I, I think that, um, you know, you kind of mentioned like, Hey, I need to let her make her own mistakes, but it's the seeds that you're planting are there. Right. It's just the yeah. conversations that you're having in the household. It, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, it probably doesn't feel like a lot to you because you're comfortable with it, but most households aren't having these conversations at all. So she already has the advantage of having these conversations in my mind. Yeah, you know? I agree with you. Yeah, she's definitely got the foundation. Yeah, and then whether they choose to, you know, whether that whether that foundation shows up at eighteen or twenty eight or whatever, it's still the foundation there. That, that there's some, you know, hey, you know, I, I know, <laughs> I laugh. I, um, you know, there's there's sayings that my dad said to me that later came up, like in my thirties. He died when I was nineteen, and he later came up in my thirties that I realized I had been saying and using, and living by. And I didn't realize where they were coming from. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so my mentality came from these like seeds he'd planted in me. And I, and I realized later in life, I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, he used to say that all the time to me. I'm like, oh, now I know what he meant. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's so true. We're always so. listening to them. We may choose to ignore their advice at the time, <laughs> but it stays with us. And that's my, my hope for my kids is that they'll always hear that voice from either me or, or their dad, you know? Yeah that stops them from doing, you know, the, the, the not so great decisions. <laughs> well put. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, um, Melissa, what, uh, who should reach out to you and who should look for you and how do they find you? Any entrepreneur who feels the need to get in touch with their money situation can reach out to me, even just for a chat. Um, you can find me at melissahoustoncpa.com. And if you forward slash work with me, you can book a free complimentary discovery call with me and we can take it from there. I love to hear from anyone. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, do you have resources for pre problem uh, people? I, I, <laughs> I absolutely do. If they want, to, I am assuming that you're going to put them in the show notes, but yeah. if the link is to the four-step roadmap to biz finance freedom, and that outlines my four-step signature framework, and it gives um, some detail on how to set your business up for financial success. I had actually ordered mine earlier today, so I'll oh, be reading awesome. it as well. <laughs> I love to read about it because it's like, you know, it's whatever you put into your mind, your brain seeks to validate. And so it helps you. I always try to consume um, financial information, uh, you know, and those kind of things. And so uh, I encourage anybody, whether you think you need it yet or not, but that's a conversation starter, right? So like if you go and download yeah. this free resources, the four step to roadmap to business financial freedom, like if you were just to have those conversations around the dinner table over the next month, you know, once a week, like it, it has big 
pieces and things to follow along. So I highly encourage everyone to visit uh, melissahoustoncpa.com and I will put a link in the show notes. And so thank, thank you, you so much. much for coming on Money Talkers with me. Oh, thank you. I love to nerd out with people talking about money. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.